Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Well, my name is Sean Wadiemi. Most people know me as Sean, but I prefer Sean, if you can pronounce that. <laughs> Totally understandable. But if you don't do the work to find out those things, then you're kind of handicapped. I, I definitely agree with you on that. I wanted to hear your thoughts, but I'm on the same page because I believe that by having everything come into one pot. I think that financial troubles or places of financial uh, disagreement are typically a sign of a deeper issue in the relationship. He works like crazy. He works like crazy. Uh, She spends her money as she sees fit. Maybe she pays some bills in the house. Um, He works and he pays most of the bills in the house. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Dollar Savvy Podcast. And she's your host, Sean Adeyemi, President and Senior Financial Planner at SA Capital Advisors. Welcome to the Dollar Savvy Show. I'm your host, Sean Adeyemi. Thank you for joining us. We are continuing our conversation with Carrie Green. This conversation, we've been talking about communicating with your spouse and we ended off last episode in case you missed it you can find it at sacapital.ca slash e14 we ended that episode talking about how to help your spouse heal through pain so you definitely want to stay tuned in and the remaining part of this conversation we talked also talked about a few things like wading into tough conversations rather than avoiding them there's a tendency to avoid conversations that are tough because uh, it might lead to a blowout but sometimes wading into those conversations carefully and with a heart to learn your spouse can really help you guys heal or help you process a situation you might be going through and then we talk about pursuing your goals together and the power of synergy i'm not going to give it all away but here is my here's the continuation of my interview with carrie enjoy Are some of the ways that um, for me as a spouse for instance can I help my in a case where my, my wife's hurting I know this hurts her uh, or and I'm going into the word you know trying to show her what God's word says about it what are the things I can do as a spouse um, to help the spouse this in my in this case let's just say my wife find healing would you recommend uh, maybe going for uh, marriage counseling, going for or bringing in a third party to help them work through some of those pains. What what's what are your thoughts on those? Yeah, I think it depends on the situation and the severity of it. Um, most of the issues in our married life, we've been able to sort through together, mm-hmm. as long as we both stay humble and willing to talk, um, willing to work at understanding each other. Um, I think that bringing in a third party is totally a viable option if it's needed. Sometimes you have blind spots that you just don't see, 
because they're blind spots, you know, they're, right. they're, by, by virtue of what they are, you can't see them. Uh, and, and it's helpful to have a third party perspective. But I think a lot of couples uh, give up on the hard work it is to understand each other too soon. It is hard work. They, they, yeah, they think because it's hard, we're doing something wrong. No, because it's hard, you're probably doing something right. Um, but you've got to keep at it. You've got to keep, because it's that perseverance that communicates to your spouse, you are worth it to me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to slog through this. I'm going to do the hard work. I'm going to do everything it takes to understand you because you matter to me that much. And isn't that what Christ did for us? You know, he, he went to the extreme of the cross to prove his love for us. And sometimes we have to make sacrifices for our spouse in very similar ways. We, we wade into conversations we know are going to be difficult. We wade into emotionally charged situations because that we know are going to be difficult. And we patiently, kindly, lovingly walk through it with a heart to understand. And we eventually come out on the other side, sometimes with a few bruises, sometimes with a, a hurt ego, sometimes with a need to be more humble. But we always come out on the other side better when we've done that. Now, having said all that, of course, there are circumstances where you need a third party. Um, I think if you find yourself having the same roadblocks again and again, there's likely a blind spot on one side or the other, or perhaps even both, where you need a third party to come in. Um, If there's a a situation where um, things are becoming very dysfunctional, I mean, for example, one person is a, a compulsive buyer and they're just always buying, always buying, always buying, and the other person is fearful that, you know, the, the, they're going to bankrupt us because <laughs> they're just spending and spending and spending. You need to work together to get some help in those situations. And it's it's a very touchy thing. It's hard to do without singling out one person and making them feel like they're the problem. And so, you know, you speak about it as a we thing because, remember, you're one. You know, we need help. You could even say, I need help understanding your feelings on this situation better. You know, could we get some help? Maybe a financial counselor or a a counselor from our church or a Christian counselor or whatever. I think my my main advice and and caution on that, and I I know from the things you've said already that you would agree with this, make sure that counsel is thoroughly steeped in the Word of God. Right. You've you've got to be approaching this from biblical perspective or else you're just going to get some worldly counsel that's not going to do you a bit of good. Yeah, I've 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 heard of counselors who have given advice as to, well, you know what, um, maybe you should um, open your own bank accounts and create your own separate things, and ultimately ends up leading to um, discord. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's ensuring yeah. that advice is is so steeped into the Word of God and it's biblically sound, and um, I mean. I think even every good marriage, every now and then, um, even in even when there are no disagreements, uh, in some cases, could always use a tune-up. Could always, I think, mm-hmm. is 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 consistently having that open heart to 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 hear your spouse out, to understand them, um, because I don't think I, I think I I see our lives, I see us as onions, where. As you peel off one layer, you take you, you take care of one layer. There's another layer uh, beneath that mm-hmm. that needs to be healed, that needs to be resolved. And so, um, 
not to run from conflict because I find sometimes when, just like he said earlier on, uh, when things are hard, when those conversations uh, sometimes don't go the way we want, we want them to go, we just forget about it and we think, well, we're not doing, we're not doing something right. So I'm just not going to talk about it because I don't want to blow up. I don't want to fight. But I think when you have a heart of perseverance to say, it's you and I, we have to figure this out. I want to figure this out because I want a better life for us. I want to be uh, not just one with you um, in name alone, but in heart and in spirit and in thought. I want your thoughts heard. And even though this hurts right now, um, I need you to know that um, I care about you and I want us to figure this out. It's having that persevering spirit um, through it all. Yeah. And it's important to understand, too, that just like we each have a different background when it comes to what we think about finances, we each have a different background when it comes to how we deal with conflict. And understanding those things about your spouse is huge because, uh, you know, maybe one spouse runs from conflict and it's because every time a conflict happened in their home growing up, somebody got physically hurt. Mm -hmm. And so they're just wired now to run from it because they don't want to be the one to get physically hurt uh, or they just don't want to be in the midst of that kind of dissension. I mean, it's totally understandable, but if you don't do the work to find out those things, then you're kind of handicapped in how you approach a conflict situation because all you know is the person's running and you're frustrated and you get angry because they won't talk and the issue's deeper than that. And you've got to work on the real issue rather than the symptom. That's, 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 that's real. That's really true. Um, communicating your goals, communicating your heart, I think is the one thing that we keep, we keep coming back to. Um, yeah. I think also having a heart of humility, a heart of compassion, um, to try and put your, put ourselves in the shoe of their spouse to see how are they feeling? Um, why do they think the way they think? Um, I think those are some of the highlights of the threads that I'm pulling out of this and to have um, to have a mindset that we've got to figure this out. And I'm in there with you. Um, we may disagree, mm -hmm. but it doesn't change my feelings about you, because sometimes I think that we going back to making assumptions uh, just because I disagree on how maybe. Um, we want to spend our money or how this decision needs to be made, we begin to make assumptions to say he doesn't care about me. He, yeah. she doesn't love me. Um, she's just thinking about herself. Um, I think we need to talk through those that just because we disagree doesn't mean it changes my feelings about you. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And when it comes to communication, again, it's like I'm, I'm beating the same drum, but the, the way we were raised affects the way we communicate too. So, you know, if you have an impasse in communication where you just cannot convert, you know, converse about things without it, it exploding, that's another scenario where you may need some help because mm -hmm. you may just each one or both of you need to learn basic communication skills and what it means when someone says this and, and, you know, not to assume the worst and all those kinds of things that we all have to learn. Some people learned it well growing up. Other people didn't. And you just have to be humble enough to admit that and say, yes, let's get some help. Yeah. I think um, 
that makes that makes a lot of sense uh a couple of things i just want to add um i guess ask um what are your thoughts on separate bank accounts as opposed to joint bank accounts um when the income comes in uh, i know a lot of couples who just um maybe they're both working and uh one spouse decides i'm going to take care of this bill this bill and this bill and you take care of this bill this bill and this bill and there are couples that say, you know what, this is our money. Let's just put it in one pot, figure out what our expenses are, and then from there, we would. Um, what What are your thoughts? What, what What do you often recommend? Well, I typically recommend that you have one main account out of which bills are paid. That it's a common account to both people. Um, and so, what I typically would recommend in that situation is that, let's say, there's two paychecks that come in from each person in the marriage. I would say both paychecks get deposited into that account. And now it's, you know, it's kind of like a recipe. Once you stir it all together, it's all one thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> you, <not laughs> you deal with all your budget needs out of that account. Now, besides that, you may have different bank accounts besides that one that you designate for different things. This one is savings. This one is going to be her personal fund, this one's going to be his personal fund, and you decide beforehand how much of the percentage of the monthly income goes into each of those accounts, and you come to a place of agreement about that. And and when you decide to do that, um, the decision is about how much goes into that account, and you have to come to agreement on that. And, you know, to be fair, I think it, it should be comparable, you know, for each person. But then each spouse has to discipline themselves about not questioning what the other spouse uses that money for <laughs> because you've already made the decision. It's for you. It's for you to use. Just use it. You know, if that means a new dress or that means a new set of tires for the car or that, you know, whatever, it's at their discretion. And you make that agreement ahead of time. That I, I've seen that uh, dissolve so many problems. Mm-hmm. where they decide ahead of time, just, okay, you get this much money, I get this much money, and we get to decide what to do with that amount. Wonderful. It's kind of like a kid with their allowance. You know, They get to do what they want to do with it. Um, but then you, you may have other accounts. This one's for investments, and this one's for uh, you, you know, a, a rainy day fund or an emergency fund, whatever you want to call it. But I think the general principle is, as we mentioned before, all the money is ours under God, and we are commissioned together to be good stewards of it. And so having it in separate accounts, I guess, could work if, you know, his check goes into his account and hers goes here. And they and they do agree this account will be used for these bills and this account will be used for these bills. I, I guess that could work. To me, it just seems easier when it's all in one account and you don't have to, you know, play those games. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree with you on that. I wanted to hear your thoughts, but I'm on the same page. Because I believe that by having everything come into one pot, um, just like you said, once it's mixed up and we pay our bills out of it, um, then it's not a case of uh, this is how much I put in there. This is how much it's just this is how much we have and this is how much we're going to use to pay our bills. And uh, one of the one of the pushbacks that um, I often get from couples or. Uh, I see the holdback from couples wanting to do that is the loss of autonomy, feeling like, well, now I can't just spend. Um, now I got to ask before I spend my own money. Or even in some situations uh, where um, one spouse has 
let's say before they got married, had certain responsibilities like sending money to their parents in another country or helping their mm-hmm. brother through school. Um, the spouse doing that may now feel, okay, if I'm bringing all this money into the into the same pot as my wife, I don't get to decide. I don't get to make that decision independently anymore. Now I got to run everything through my spouse. Now I have to ask all this. Can I do this? Can I do that? I don't want that. I want to be able to just do with my money as I want to. And mm-hmm. um, the flaw, the flaw um, that I find in that thought process is the last phrase I just said, I want to be able to do with my money which yeah. is my because then the mindset still sees that money as yours, not ours. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I usually off, I, I often say is when you put your money together, um, I think what it does is it creates accountability. Uh, yeah. Because a lot of times when you have two separate accounts and um, you then say this one pays this bill, this one pays this bill. Oftentimes, there's excesses in both accounts, and the money's been filtered away into different things because they're not accountable to each other. And so there's mm-hmm. money lost that they don't realize it. But by paying, by putting all the money in the pot and then paying bills, and then at that point, you then decide, okay, well, maybe we then allocate a Porsche X amount to you and allocate an X amount to you. And what you do with that, that's your business. And what I do with mine, that's my business. Yeah. Um, that's what I found is, is the, is the, is the holdback when I tell couples that, but do you have any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I I think there's also a fundamental flaw in the understanding of what it means to be married and to be one. Uh, scripture says, consider one another out of reverence for Christ. I mean, when you're talking about the money that is spent in, within a marriage relationship, This is, again, our money, God's money, and out of consideration, you want to talk to the other person about it. It's it's an act Mm -hmm. of love. Mm -hmm. It's an act of care for that person. You don't want to hurt them. You don't want to offend them by unconsidering or not considering their feelings and thoughts about what you do with this money because it is all our money. I mean, it's kind of like if somebody you know, went into your closet and took your favorite shirt and wears it out to do work on the car. I mean, you're going to be hurt by that because they didn't consider you enough to come and ask if they could use your shirt. And when money's all lumped together in a marriage, it is a joint effort. You know, you're a team, you're working together. And consideration is an issue for us as believers in Christ, period, not just married couples. You know, we're to consider one another out of of reverence reverence for Christ. Christ. So in other words, because it honors Christ, we're to consider one another. So here we are back at the root of this, that it's God's money. It's, It's back to reverence for him. And so if I were to go and make a decision with some money that's in our common pot without consulting my wife, I'm dishonoring Christ by doing that because I'm not considering her. You see, it it comes down to an issue of individual accountability, not just to each other, but to God. To God. And I think that we, we, we need to have that in mind when we're thinking about these kinds of issues. Because too often, habit and how things have always been rule the day rather than what is best and right in God's economy. 
That's that's so profound. Uh, the, as you were speaking, I um, a few couples who are friends and brothers in, um, in the Lord with us, and even clients that I have come to mind as I as I think about how um, they don't they don't join their money. She works like crazy. He works like crazy. Uh, she spends her money as she sees fit. Maybe she pays some bills on the house. Um, he works and he pays most of the bills in the house. Uh, but I find that they're both working more than they need to work mm. uh, because yeah. she's so focused on here's the things I want to do, here's the things I want to accomplish. And so I'm going to work as hard to get those things done. And in that, yes, I'll pay my own portion of the bills. And he's also doing the same thing. I'm going to work as hard as I can, as hard as I need to be to, um, to to pursue my goals. Yes, I'll take care of the bills, but I also need this extra to take care of my goals. And I realize, and, I, and what, one of the things that hurts me when I see that is they're both working so hard. As she's coming from work, he's going to work. And one of the things that, that boggles my mind, and I, and I see this, and in love, I've, 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 I've spoken with, with him, I mean, on many occasions that we need to, you and your wife need to come together and talk about your goals because your marriage is falling apart right before your eyes, but you cannot see it because you're both mm. pursuing your own individual agendas. And unfortunately your kids, um, what they say when there's a, there's a saying that when two elephants fight, it's the grass that suffers. Um, it's the it's the <laughs> kids that are that are that are suffering the brunt of it, and their marriage is also taking a hit because they're not spending the time they need to be together to, whether it's just being at home together, being in the same quarters together because she's going to work, he's coming back, and they're both pursuing their own agendas. And yes, they're both sort of taking care of the bills of their house, but they're doing it individually, not together. Yeah. I can see that scenario being so true in so many cases. And it, again, points back to the issue of common goals. You know, you've, you've got to be on the same page in your marriage, first of all, where we are headed as a couple and as a family. And then the finances follow those goals. They follow those pursuits. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, it, just in a simple way, let's let's use some easy numbers to make it real easy to understand. Say that you you have that model going on where he brings in his money and she brings in her money. And at the end of the, the paying all the bills, he has $100 left and she has $200 left. Well, total, that's $300, but they're not thinking of it that way. Right. They're thinking of it as he's thinking my $100 and she's thinking her $200. And so she can only do $200 worth of whatever. He can only do $100 worth of whatever. Well, what if they had some of the same goals. Like we want to fund this mutual fund or we want to fund this cause, this this compassion child or this water clean water project or whatever. Well, he's only got a hundred bucks to, to fund him. What if he feels that's where he should put it? Well, it could have been 300 if they were on the same page. Same you know, they page. could have been having a bigger impact mm-hmm. if they were on the same page. And And what couples don't see quite often is that they're not stewarding their money as effectively as they could. And don't hear me saying maximizing it. That's not what I mean. I mean, I mean, they could just be accomplishing more in shorter time if they brought their, if they if brought they their, brought money, their money together, together like they should. Yeah. And it's, it's really kind of like fighting yourself when you keep it separate like that. Because when you pool resources, amazing things happen. One of the 
things I observed that drove this home for me was when I married my wife, her parents had a lot of friends in the Dallas community who were Vietnamese. They're immigrants from Vietnam. And what they would do was just remarkable. They would all pool their money together. These are people not even of the same family. They're just of the same ethnic community. Yeah. They would pool all their money together and buy one house. And they would all live there. And then they would pool their money together and buy a second house. And they would split it in half. And then they would all pool their money together and buy a third house. You know, over time, this is happening. Until all of them have homes within like a 10-year period. And they get they, they get to accomplish more together oh, yeah. than each in a shorter person, amount of time in a shorter amount of time than each person would have accomplished working by themselves. And I I, I, tell, right. I tell couples this all the time: it's the power of synergy. It's not one plus one equals two. It's one plus one equals ten. Because now there's yeah. there's this compound effort of let's do everything together. Let's do whatever we can to get on the same page. Let's let's. Let's get to the heart of the matter. Let, I want to understand you. I want us to accomplish these goals together. Uh, it, in many cases, it, it could possibly free up time where this husband doesn't have to work the 45 hours he's working and she doesn't have to work the 40 hours he's working. They can both easily cut out 5, 10 hours each a, a week from their schedules. And now all of a sudden they have more time they can spend together. They have more time they can spend with their kids. They have more time they can mm. they can do things in the community. They can do things they're both passionate about and both things they love. Uh, it's it's it, the power of one, the power of working together, the power of communication and understanding each other is so is so true. And I pray that uh, whoever's listening to this, um, if you're not on the same page with your spouse, you're missing out. You're missing out on a lot. And, and if and if you're a Christian, um, uh, pray about it. You may want to do this, and your wife is against it, or. He, your husband is against it. I say, take this to the Lord in prayer first of all, and pray that God would um, help both of you to come to this to agreement and start having these conversations. Because these conversations, like we've spoken about, can bring healing, can bring restoration, can bring unity, and can 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 help in other areas of your marriage beyond just the finances. Yeah, exactly. And I think that financial troubles or places of financial uh, disagreement are typically a sign of a deeper issue in the relationship. Um, when you can't come together on financial goals, you likely aren't together on just marriage goals, period. Right. And Correct. you need to start working on those conversations because those are what will fuel the financial goals and success. Hmm. Uh, that's, we've, we've spoken about so many things today that um it's i think this has really been a great session uh i pray that um anyone listening to this is blessed by this uh carrie i want to say thank you so much for um spending the last hour with us um and i pray that god blesses your marriage as he has over the last 30 years and um my prayer is that um God blesses my marriage and those marriages out there. Um, I'm hoping this podcast brings healing to those who are hurting and those who are trying to figure out a way to get on the same page with your spouse. Um, start through prayer. And um, any any final thoughts, Carrie? Well, my 
Yeah, my only final thought is just something I would like to make available. Um, I wrote a book a while back that is a is a marriage book. It's called The Marriage Improvement Project, and it's for couples to do together. It's a book for the wife and a book for the husband. And they work through the chapters together. They have discussion questions. And it's really about that issue we kept coming back to, about the health of the marriage in general. Mm-hmm. And anybody who would like to contact me, uh, you can just send me an email, Carrie, C-A-R-E-Y, at Carrie Green, just like the color, dot com. And just tell me you heard about uh, the book on this podcast and you'd like a copy. I will send you an ebook copy for free to anybody that wants it uh, for husband and wife. And I, I would just love to make that available to anybody that feels they could use that. What we'll, what I'll do for this show is to make sure that we include that in our show notes so um, okay. they can find it online or they can find it anywhere um, they want it. Uh, if people want to contact you, Carrie, uh, what other means can they reach you? Um, email, website, um, what, how can they reach you? Yeah, the, the email I just gave is probably the best way I can respond to that uh, anytime. And then the website that that's associated with is my, my life coaching and business coaching website. So it's carriegreen.com. That's the easiest way. You can find all my social connections and stuff right there. It's perfect. Thank you very much for your time, Carrie. Definitely appreciate this. Oh, you're so welcome. It's been a delight. Coming up next is our segment on Couples Corner, where we interview various couples to share their stories, their struggles, and how they've been able to navigate their finances together. My prayer is that this gives you hope that you can find unity when it comes to money with your spouse. On this segment, we interview Tolu and Michelle. Welcome to the Dollar Savvy Show. We have Tolu and Michelle on the line. Uh, Tolu and Michelle are great friends of mine. Um, I've known Michelle for a few years, actually, probably a little more than a decade now. I was going to say a few. We've <laughs> <laughs> known each other for a while. Uh, I've known Michelle since since when I first came to Canada, actually, uh, yeah. 2000, yeah, 2000. Yeah. And I've known Tolu for probably about maybe a little over five years now, Tolu. What would you say? Yeah, about four, four or five years. About that. Yeah, sounds about right. Four or five years. Yeah. So uh, Tolu and Michelle are great friends. And um, can you tell a little bit about yourself? Um, how long you've been married? Do you have children? I know that, but for our listeners who don't know that, who are Tolu and Michelle? Um, how long you guys been married and how old are your kids, if you have any? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. We are, yeah, we're totally Michelle, like you said before. We've been married for going on 13 years. We're 13 years yeah. this year. Wow. And uh, yeah, I know, right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and we have two kids, uh, a boy and a girl. Our son is 11 and our daughter is seven. Oh, no, soon to be seven. She'll be seven in May. And uh, yeah, we've been here. In, well, I've been in Canada for 21 years. Tulu's been here a little bit longer. And uh, we kind of bumped into each other at a barbecue, and he just couldn't stop checking me out, you know? And one thing that happened to I'll let that pass. Like, I have things to do in his mind, so. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> he totally were checking me out. <laughs> Wow, that's an interesting story. Uh, it's amazing how God, what was a bump into you was um, 
as we know it now, was orchestrated by God. Yes. Uh, it's God has blessed you guys for this long uh, with two amazing kids. Uh, how would you, how would you describe yourselves in terms of money, uh, in terms of just even maybe your personality or spending money? I guess I'll, I'll start first. I think I'm a bit more conservative. I like planning and thinking through spending. Mm -hmm. uh, I like knowing what I have before what I spend. So I'm always thinking, do I have that before I spend it? Um, always in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. So everything I'm looking at, grocery store, going to the stores, is always back of my mind. Like, what do we have? What do we have to spend? So I'm always very cautious in spending. Um, the one time or the few times I don't do that is when I go shopping for myself, which is like once a year. So I do my own splurge of stuff once or twice a year. Um, but apart from that, it's very planned, thought through, and um, I guess uh, just my normal personality is along that line. Okay. Michelle, what about you? Um, I'm definitely not as conservative as he is. Um, I've, I just like having enough money to do what I want to do. Um, but that, I can see how that sometimes has been problematic because I don't necessarily think through all the fine details, which is ironic because, you know, I'm a project controller at work and I manage budgets at work and I manage those to the nth degree. But when it comes to my personal life, somehow I feel like I just don't want to go through the process. It's stressful to me. Mm-hmm. It's easier to manage other people's budget, right? Because there's no emotion There's no emotion attached. <laughs> you know, and I can call people out on their own overspend, but I have a challenge doing that um, on my end. So, Lou, how, how was that for you when you first got, got married? How did you... Uh, how did you get wrap your mind around that? It was very stressful. Um, just trying to plan things so you could see where things were going when they were going out of line and trying to help us see the same thing. And it was always causing conflicts there. And I don't like conflicts too much too. So you're trying to point it out through different avenues, uh, trying to show them an account, trying to build a budget, trying to show what will happen if we don't follow through. But still, like we have this conversation that seems okay. And like two weeks after, we're back to the same but then like I said it's one of those things that you get to know your partner and get to know where they are and you know when to mm -hmm. go back because some things are just not going to work it wasn't going to help anybody uh, so back then right. was to try and ensure that we had excess in certain areas so I didn't have to worry about that area so, um, and then right. work on things that I could handle uh, on the other side so Michelle, how did it make you feel when did, did uh, I mean knowing Tolu's personality with you know knowing where money is before you spend it? How did you come around to, or maybe describe in a better way? How have you been able to manage his personality difference from yours? Um, well, at the beginning it was a challenge even for him. I think part of what made it a challenge too was. I didn't have a full picture of our debt until after we got married and we sat down and I got to see it. And there was some measure of that that did catch me off guard. I didn't realize we had as much debt as we had at the time. Um, but with respect to, you know, spending and everything, usually I would say what works 
most times, there are times where, you know, sometimes I need to be brought back and like, what works most times is if I have a mapping of, okay, just send me this much money and the rest is yours, then that works for me. Because then I know, okay, mm-hmm. I've managed that piece of it by providing or, or giving of my paycheck what's required to keep mm-hmm. finances in check and to pay our bills. And so then the rest, the rest is mine. And if I spend that and I get to zero dollars, then there's no guilt because I know that I've done right. my due diligence. I've done, I've done my duty with respect to bills. Mm-hmm. That's what, what I felt worked then and it kind of still works now. Okay. So, so from what I'm getting it, Tolu kind of sits down, draws up the budget. This is where we are. This is where we need to be. This is where we're going. Uh, this is how much I make. Michelle, this is how much you make. Um, here's how much based on our budget you have to spend. Um, so once he gives you what you need to spend, it kind of gives you freedom to make sure that um, as long as those things are that you need to spend your monies on are taken care of, that's really all you have to worry about. So it sort, of, it sort of gives you a little wiggle room, but at the same time, it keeps you in line. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that, that's about it. What would you say was the biggest challenge you guys faced uh, when it came to dealing with money? And how did you handle it? Hmm, I don't know. Biggest challenge? I think it's always ongoing. It's always because things happen, new challenges, new phases in life. Um, it's you have a plan drawn today and like in two months sometimes it has to be revamped all over again and uh it's mm-hmm. also having that time to sit down all over again and go through that because it's stressful doing all the plan mm-hmm. and to do it over again when things change again because you think you have a plan all tied down and something changed and you have to sit down again and revamp the whole thing so, so that i think that's the thing that yeah. it's just it's been at it constantly and being on top of it constantly, like you get off the boat for a while, and they have to almost kind of pull yourself back and be like, "Hey, how do we get here again?" And like almost like from scratch, right? And then going through the same plan all over again. Um, so it's just being on top of it and being consistent has been our biggest challenge. So we know what to do. We put a plan together. We start well for a while, and then we go off the boat again, and then we have to pull ourselves back in again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at least you guys are you do you're in it together, so you're having those conversations. That you may fall off track briefly or uh, for a certain period uh, because life changes. There's different, there's new challenges every month. There's new things look different every time. And so, but you're having those conversations and you're making the changes as needed. Yeah. Um, what would you say? That? Sorry, go ahead, Michelle. Yeah, no, I'll say that. Um, yeah, I'll echo um, what Tolu's sentiment um, things do change there was a monumental change that we did face two years ago and that's one that i would say i don't think i was mentally prepared for and i still kind of struggle with today and that's with you know what happened in my husband's career and even now that he's you know working on his own just kind of like the the uptick of that the income is not what it once was so right adjusting to the reality of that has been a challenge for me what would you say has changed between, I guess, when you first got married into how you both handled finances together and to now, in terms of even the conversations you're having or how those conversations are progressing? Uh, in some sense, it's a lot easier now because um, 
everything is open. Like we all, we both know what's there. Like um, there's a openness to what the finances are. So there's nothing hidden there between two of us. So even when those issues come up around, we, we know what's out there. We know what we're doing. I, there's not that shock. Oh, I didn't know that was there. Or I didn't realize we're doing this. Yeah. Um, a lot of the mistakes we make, we make them together. Yeah, we a lot do. of trouble we get to get them together. Get into together. <laughs> <laughs> We're not shocked, so. Yeah. And, yeah. And you're right. I think that that's the primary thing. I remember when we first got married, um, I, I, would, I would shop a fair bit. I liked shoes. Shoes was my thing. I had a thing. <laughs> what happened would be that, you know, I'll buy the shoes and then I may hide them in the closet out of fear. Because you know how it's going to react or respond to it, and it just feels good not having that fear anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't really buy mm -hmm. as much as I used to back in the day, but it's also good to not have that fear. Mm -hmm. So there's 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 a lot more openness. Um, there are no skeletons in the closet, so to speak, in terms of what's going on, what do you have on ground in terms of debt. And so that, um, would you say that that has created, um, it, it's, it's something that has translated into other parts of your marriage because once you're able to have this conversation, because money is a, such a sensitive topic and um, it's often one of the, um, the last topics or the last mountains to really cross um, as a couple. And once you've been able to cross that and have those open conversations, would you say that it's 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 translated to other areas of your of your marriage in terms of just communicating with each other and having that openness? Um, I would say yes, but I think it came the other way around first. We just became open with each other, and then that kind of you know trickled down into how we just we talked about. Mm -hmm. We just we've come to know each other and be very comfortable with each other, flaws and all. And we're very good, mm -hmm. I'll say we're good friends, like best of friends. So even though we know that we got our ish, uh, we're just like, okay, this is what it is. And so there is that freedom, I guess. And mm -hmm. that also translates into money. And I know he knows that, you know, no matter how crazy this thing gets and no matter how upset, I get, I'm not going anywhere. And I know he's not going anywhere. That's right. That's the right mindset. That's, that's definitely the right mindset to have. What advice would you give couples today who may be struggling? Uh, because honestly, money is, I'll probably say that based on statistics, it's the second biggest reason for divorce. Uh, but God has kept you guys through the 13 years. And my prayer is that God will keep you till you're both gray and old. What advice? What advice would God would would you give other couples who may be struggling with this, finding this unity? Um, my own advice is be to deal with it early in your relationship. Um, even though it's tough, the sooner you get it going, uh, the, again, it doesn't get easier with problems. Again, it's always going to be there. But once it's out there, you know, it's mm -hmm. that you guys have to go through. Like I said, every year we sit down, we have a plan uh, for the year. Um, Things that we want to do, even though we don't always get through all of them, and we don't always have the money for all of them, but we have an idea of things we want to achieve each year. We have a vision. Yeah, for each year. Yeah. Um, 
So just say, uh, being open, yeah, being open, discussing what you want to do, and seeing where you are, and then being realistic because the things you want to do but you can't afford. Um, so <laughs> again, you can put it down, but then be realistic. What can they achieve each year? So I think that's been helpful for us. Like we plan things, yeah. we say, okay, we want to do this, and if it's not possible, then it's not possible. But we try and push towards it because there's a plan there already. Yeah, and and to add to what you're saying, I would say that you know. Um, this is probably just general marriage advice. A lot of patience is required because um, I think yes. on average, couples don't really hit that uh, point of synergy, like that synergetic point until maybe year seven. Mm-hmm. So year one, two, three, like year one is like honeymoon phase, but then things start to change in year two. And then year three, it's like, ah, I don't know how to do this. I would say stick it out because it's not going to last forever. And before you know it, you'll be at year five and then year seven and realize that, you know, you were able to kind of get through that and you've started to hit this equilibrium between the two of you. Um, starting to move with, with God involved, right? So don't, don't pull that plug too early, stick it out. Wise advice. Real stories, real people, real life, real struggles, real hope. Uh, thank you very much, Michelle and Tolu, for uh, your advice there. Uh, this is a segment of Couples Corner. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Michelle and Tolu, it's been a pleasure, and I'll um, talk to you guys soon. Yeah, right. thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Dollar Savvy Podcast. You can find us at sacapital.ca slash podcast, and you can reach us at 1-888-365-8883, extension 377, or send us an email at podcast at sacapital.ca. You've been listening to the Dollar Savvy Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Adeyemi. Thank you. Mission Media.